in a few years we'll have this theater space and you know my my hope for it is that it's a space that uh, people in Minnesota especially the native community can say that's my theater company Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Cole Primo. And I'm your other host, Leah Lem. Miigwech for joining us. Native Lights is at its core a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Every week, we have great conversations with wonderful guests from a bunch, a bunch of different backgrounds, just a great mix of passions, of gifts. And we talk to them about those gifts and how they share them with their community. And it all centers around the big point of purpose in our lives. Cole, how's it going? Another day, another conversation. No, I'm doing great, Leah. How you been? I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, chilling. Uh, actually, last night we made uh, rhubarb pie for the first time uh, on, from scratch. Went to the farmer's market uh, in Minneapolis here and uh, got some rhubarb. And I will say that when I say we, I say mostly Maria made it, but I, I helped. Um, but... It was really good, and I just wanted to bring that up. I know we had rhubarb in the back of our house. I would love just breaking off a piece and having it raw right there. I don't know. It was just it was interesting. I mean, I know people put sugar on it, but I don't think I was. I think I was too lazy. I just <laughs> just chomped into it. Um, but yeah, how you been? Yeah, pretty good. Still out east, hanging out. Um, yeah, just. I don't know. Looking forward to the next couple months. Looking forward to... Okay, see, we get so spoiled with whatever's happening in the moment or get so used to it that we look for, always have something to look forward to. That is true. So, you know, I'm looking forward to... I don't know, my birthday's coming up. The Malax Tradish powwow is coming up in a couple weeks, so... Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting to state fair time. Yeah. But also, another thing I'm looking forward to is the next season of Reservation Dogs. Bum, 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 bum. Whoop, whoop. So, looking forward to seeing the crew back together. Uh, I know it's such awesome storytelling and having familiar faces on screen. It's so meaningful to have that representation and humor. I, what I found interesting, I looked it up, looked it up real quick, just some facts on mm-hmm. season three. Guess what the episode name is for the first episode of the season? What, like Bussin. Hoa? <laughs> Bussin. <laughs> I learned that word. <laughs> My kid I still me don't that even word. know what that means. I know Marvin says it. <laughs> <laughs> he Your he used Martin. it in reference to his mac and cheese. He said, this mac and cheese is bussin'. And he was that positive like about cool. it, so I think okay. it means it's tasty. <laughs> Good. No cap. That's bet. what I think. Well, it transitions perfectly to who we're going to talk to today. Rihanna Yazi yeah. makes awesome, creative plays and movies and she's an actress herself and she produces things. She's just this creative, this talent who works 
hard. Rihanna Yazzie is an enrolled member of the Navajo Nation. Rihanna grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and according to her mother, she's been telling stories since she was a child. And in 2009, Rihanna created New Native Theater, which produces, commissions, and devises authentic Native American stories for the stage. And she started New Native Theater to connect all the theaters in town, 100-plus theaters in town, and the large urban Native community in the Twin Cities. And she's achieved a lot. She's had many accolades and, of course, has inspired so many people. Both of us have participated in New Native Theater productions and events and stuff like that. And it's just this really (laughs) fun and meaningful way to be involved. And, uh, you know, Rihanna is, as the head of one of the few Native theater companies in the United States, she recognizes the importance of the new Native theater company in helping herself and other Natives creatively find their place in the world through classes and shows. And so we're also going to chat about an update I'm Rihanna Yazi, and I am uh, joining you from fabulous Farmington, New Mexico today. <laughs> yeah, I'm out here with my dad, so it's been really nice to spend time with him. And uh, also had a mini family reunion with uh, another part of my family I never met. So that was pretty cool yesterday. <laughs> What's on the top of your mind? Is there anything that you're just geeking out about that you want to get off your chest? I've been following this writer strike and the SAG after uh, strike, and thinking about the AI and uh, you know the the march of the machines, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> have you have you tried out the Chat GPT? No, have you looked at it. I ha- I haven't. I'm a little afraid. I'm a little afraid. Can you tell the difference between something that's written by AI and something that's not? I'd imagine so. Well, you know, you know, it was an interesting conversation I was having with another writer friend of is that having like AI screenwriting might actually just be like, that's all we ever get. And and it's just sort of dumbed down the kind of content we're ever um, able to access because it's not real people doing it anymore. And then and then we just sort of tolerate it, not knowing that it was better. Maybe it's also kind of like global warming where like, um, you know, our generation and the generation coming after is just going to be like, oh yeah, it's always 110 degrees. And we just like learn how to deal with it and tolerate it, but never knew like, oh yeah, but the sky used to be so blue and there were these beautiful bursts of rain and there were always these little flowers in the spring. But you don't have that anymore, but humans still sort of, uh, uh, you know, they incredibly adaptable. So I don't know, that's that's one thing I think could, could happen. But I did also just see uh somebody put a writer a writer put into a uh the 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 chat the gpt chat what would be easier to replace screenwriters or studio execs and oh. the ai says well it would be a lot easier 
to replace studio execs because the decision-making process is based on data analysis, risk assessment, and resource allocation, mm. which are areas AI is particularly effective. Mm. <laughs> but it says that it's not as good at replicating human uh, creativity and emotion. So... <laughs> right. I feel like there's a lot of parallel there with, you know, like a uh, computer-generated voice and things like that, how you can hear how there's just something off. But I actually used ChatGPT today. Oh, uh, for what? It, Yes, this might be slightly interesting and slightly scary. But um, <laughs> so now that I'm away from home and away from Minnesota, I don't have the same access to my therapist. Mm. So I asked ChatGPT today, what should I do to get motivated to do great work today? Um, Today's a low day, but I need to get stuff done. And it came through. It said, I'm sorry to hear that you're feeling low today. Here are some suggestions. And then they came through with six solid suggestions, break tasks into smaller steps, achievable goals, you know, seek support. And then I'm like, thank you. And then, you know, just kind of chatting back and, you know, the book Eat that Eat the Frog? Uh, I think so. It's kind of when you, it's the idea that you start with the most difficult task first so you can get it done and out of the way and you feel like motivated and like ready to do the next thing. And I go, um, the book Eat That Frog and its advice can be tough to follow sometimes. And then chat GPT's like, starting with small tasks is a great approach. Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy is a popular book that emphasizes tackling the most challenging tasks first. While it can be beneficial, it's important to adapt the advice to your own circumstances and mental health. Remember, progress is what matters and like a whole bunch of other stuff. And it's like, you've got this. That's AI. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Rihanna Yazi, citizen of the Diné Nation. She's a playwright and she empowers Native people to connect to their creativity in many ways. Rihanna sent out some really cool uh, opportunities with new Native theater. So I want to maybe touch base on what new Native theater is up to these days. Yeah, I'd say the the most the most exciting uh, development has been that during this legislative session we uh, received some funding, and that is for uh, that's to start pre design on a theater space that <gasps> we will be building at the Minneapolis American Indian Center site. Whoa. So that, that'll be part of their phase two redesign. So that's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Congratulations. Yeah. I know we, you, you, we have been like, you know, finding spaces as needed. That's so exciting to be able to have a, a home. So this is the beginning of the process. So we're, you know, we're, we're working with the architect who, uh, who designed uh, the the redesign of the Indian Center and uh, Ojibwe architect? And so, um, you know, we uh, he created a uh, a mock up um, just uh, a few years ago before the pandemic that the Indian Center went in to get their legislative funding for. You know, so it was a part of this bigger plan, and and now 
Um, they've started construction. I don't know if you guys have driven past it, but it's all mm-hmm. blue right now. I guess the, I don't know, the undercoating right now is blue, but it was mm-hmm. kind of kind of exciting to see how different it's changed. But then, you know, phase two in a in a couple of years, we'll start with the building of this theater, which uh, is going to take some time for us to figure out what exactly it needs to be and how it's going to be, all the details, you know. Uh, do you have a rough idea of what you want out of the space? I would love to be able to have the kind of space where we could have an entire year of programming, right? So like maybe four four to six plays a year, but also um, also be um, office spaces, um, uh, be able to uh, rent out the theater to, um, other performers, you know, have concerts, um, have, uh, uh, you know, some, you know, just, just the whole shebang. So it's, it's going to be like a 200 seat theater, you know, so looking at dressing rooms and, uh, I guess it depends on how we use the space. If we build up, yeah, may, who knows, maybe even a carpenter shop. And it makes me think, like, talking to the both of you, like, oh, maybe we need a recording studio in there, too. A little know? music venue. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. That's so cool because yeah. it's needed and people want it. And I think with your vision and, you know, the community all together, it'll be a really cool, special spot. Oh, yeah. And I saw here that... You are putting together a directing and producing for tribal communities opportunity to help their own areas build up capacity to do theater. Can you talk to us a bit about that? Yeah. So uh, we are going to be August 4th, 5th, and 6th are holding a workshop uh, directing and producing for tribal communities where uh, we will be like creating a toolbox. So folks will come come to the weekend workshop and uh, be able to like take away some uh, some ideas and thoughts about how to make community in their own uh, tribal communities. Because, I mean, I think the most successful way to do theater in Indian country is that each community has the tools to make it so that it's so that the content can be super relevant to the community that's making it right and then we know that like theater and performing arts has so many powerful tools just you know when an individual gets to take a take part in it it raises self esteem it uh uh helps create um understanding about how to be a better collaborator. You know, I've seen theater change people's lives in such positive ways and, you know, from youth to elders. So it would be great to see uh, lots of people take this class and take some tools back to their community to, you know, do some things. Because, I mean, what if there's like 572 federally recognized tribes right now? So... Imagine if we had 572 native theaters. That would be amazing. Let's talk about your work as founder of New Native Theater. I know that's a big part of what you do, but you also do other projects. Um, Is there anything you want to make sure we talk about? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, I have a feature film that is out in film film festivals right now. (laughs) And it's called A Winter Love. 
And just last weekend, I was at the uh, Wingush uh, Film Festival on Manitoulin Island, which was so beautiful there, first of all. Um, and it it was, um, you know, it was such a wonderful film festival. And and uh, Winter Love won Best Feature Film and uh, Best Actor. Wow. So <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, nice. what a cool film. So for those who don't know, why don't you give us a bit of a summary? Yes. So it is the story of a uh, starving artist. <laughs> and she is um, trying to make a go at trying to be a singer-songwriter, but feels like just Minnesota being a fish out of water is just too much. And the cold of the winter is just one more winter is just too much for her to go through till she meets this younger Lakota man who's a uh, 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 law school uh, dropout. And then they have this beautiful love affair that ends in a surprising way. And um, But it's sort of a romantic dramedy. It's kind of this quirky, independent comedy about... Um, it's maybe not a comedy. It's definitely a dramedy. Um and it's uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been in many indigenous film festivals all around the world, and it's lately been getting some pretty good uh, recognition. So um, it won it won uh, best feature in the Minnesota Film Festival a few months ago, and um, and in the um, the LA Skins Fest where it in Los Angeles where it premiered. It uh it won achievement in directing. Hmm. So uh very, very proud of this this uh film. Well, as producer, director, actress, and screenwriter, that's <laughs> pretty good for you. <laughs> and and uh, the, the music, the original music is is quite lovely, I would say. Um, yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. adds a little pizzazz. <laughs> So, so Leah uh, wrote the original music in the film. There's a song called "Little Baby Unicorns." So there's two versions of it: the youth version and then the adult version. And uh, um, everybody loves that. Everybody loves it, Leah. <laughs> Thank you for writing. That's so cool. I've actually gotten some notes through Have my you? email and through yeah, like LinkedIn. Just like, hey, I saw your music, or I heard your music. That's really awesome. So yes. thank you for the opportunity, Rihanna. Thanks. Oh, you're more than welcome. <laughs> you're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Rihanna Yazi, citizen of the Diné Nation. She's a playwright, screenwriter, and she empowers Native people to connect to their creativity in many ways. Rihanna, I see that you have a wiki page. Oh, I, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you're so famous. You have yeah. a wiki page and it says, there's a quote from your wiki page that says, you've been telling stories since you were a child. Do you remember that? And do you remember what stories you used to tell? Yes, uh, it make me think about third grade. <laughs> <laughs> because in third grade, uh, we had we used to do this thing called a squiggle. Um, like the teacher would make a, a random mark on each of our blank pieces of paper. And then from the random mark, you would like draw a picture from it. So it was called a squiggle. So you draw a picture 
and color it. And then you would have to write a story about it. And I love to do that. Oh, I love to do that. And um, my mom tells me, she's like, oh, yeah, your teacher said that all the kids love to hear your stories. So, So, yeah, I remember. I remember it was really, really fun. So I think as as long as I'm I'm having fun telling stories, then uh, I think it should be okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So these squiggles, you like made stories from those and did you present that to the class? Is that what happened? It's basically yeah, yeah. We would all we would all sit down and and we would read we would read our stories to each other. Do you remember being shy at all? Being a little you know, bit, you know. I re- okay. When you say that, I think I think about the two of you because one time when I was uh, teaching youth at Anishinaabe Academy, I invited you both in. And I know Leah, you played violin, and then Cole, you played guitar. And I just remember, like, and then you both sang. And I was just like, oh my God. And I asked you that same question, like, how did like I can't even form the question now because it was like my my question inside my head was, how did you do that? You like mm-hmm. you were so confident, you know? And I was just, I was just like my my in shock. And like you were just so good. You're just so good at your music. Thank I've you. always been shy, but if if I got a guitar in front of me, it's a little bit like a shield. Like I know what I'm doing, you know. And if I'm playing a song, I know what I'm doing. But if I get off script, I don't. That's when I'm. <laughs> that's when I'm in open water and I don't know what's going on. That's why I'm like I really, you know, appreciate what you know actors and you know people doing putting on plays. Uh, you know, if something goes awry. In the moment, there you have to like figure out how to get out of it. Yeah, and for me, I know like I'll feel the the emotion of being scared, but I just tell myself I'm excited because it's like apparently it's the same feeling. So if you just change your perspective to what you're feeling, then I don't know. You start to believe it. So I just tell myself I'm excited, and there you go. And it also helps that I. <laughs> Had to do improv, not not comedy improv, but singing oh. improv, <laughs> improvisation. When I was a student at Berkeley College of Music, that just being forced to make mistakes in front of people over and over again, you get desensitized. <laughs> so yeah. that helps. Well, I have to say, when I sang your song at the so like the end of the film, um, my character sings the little baby unicorn song the adult version which which i'm sure you would sing like that crap out of <laughs> well it just it, i would just want to say the, thank you very much i appreciate that and adult version just means sung by an adult not like 18 well, by an plus. Adult. oh yes yes <laughs> sung by an adult because the child version is sung by a child yes okay <laughs> thank you for clarifying um uh, so I, re- I remember because because um that like I, I I love to sing I love karaoke it is like so I I love it um but um I I've always had I've always felt like ah oh, you're you're just a bad singer Rihanna you you know you're tone deaf etc um because when I was a kid I actually was tone deaf up until like eighth grade and um because I started to play guitar. And 
And then I finally was able to start matching notes to what was coming out of my head and my ear. So I'm still super, super uh, conscious about that. And so I was thinking like, what? And, you know, and then that morning uh, I had, I learned the song the night before. And then that morning when I was supposed to sing it on camera with just me singing and just me playing guitar, I was thinking, like, why did you make this character a singer-songwriter? Why didn't you make her like a painter? (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we round out our conversation here, is there anything you want to make sure that we talk about? Anything else? I don't know. I mean, I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, New Native Theater's got this uh, sort of new phase. It's, it's living in and uh, we've got full-time employees, which is like a totally brand new thing. And in a few years, we'll have this theater space. And, you know, my, my hope for it is that, you know, it's it's a space that uh, people in Minnesota, especially the Native community, can say, that's my theater company. You know, I think uh, uh, that's always been like uh, my goal uh, is that uh, is that people in the community are like, claim it like that's theirs. That's the space that they can they can learn and then they can make things Um and, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just really proud of it and, uh, really, um, always, always feel really good when, uh, new, you know, new people from the community come in and learn about it or watch shows. And I'm um, just really excited about the company really getting this like solid sense of itself, like, in know, in, you know, almost in a way it's like maturing, you know, it's hard to put an organization together, but if you think of it as like, an arc over like a life. So it's like 16 years old now. So it's like, yeah, it's almost ready to go to college. It's getting <laughs> it. It's like, you know, because uh, I think sometimes we could put a lot of undue pressure on ourselves for like, oh, it should have been this. It could have been this. And if only I was better at this or that. But it's like, you know what? It's 16 years old. That's actually, that's like a kid is, that's like a, it's like a junior in high school. It's still learned anything, but about to, about to, you know, become, become an adult and live in its maturity. And, you know, best I can say is as someone who started that theater company is just like being a founder is kind of like being a parent and you just sort of like live, go be your, be your full self, do your mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I, I've, I've been so proud, pro, so proud of, uh, of that. And, uh, you know, I'm, getting out in the world doing movies and tv and growing up myself yeah yeah that's so wonderful yeah it's just so it's just so exciting i'm so glad that we're you know meeting you at this place right now you know on the cusp of you know building the theater it's just a great moment and congrats on all that and i know you got a lot of work ahead of you but it's great jimmy guides for your time today Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, Rihanna Yazzie. Yeah, great to catch up with her again, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Rihanna Yazzie is the citizen of the Diné Nation. She's a playwright, and she empowers Native people to connect to their creativity in many ways just a force 
So thank you so much, Rihanna. And of course, if you want to check out New Native Theatre for all their offerings, you can go to their website at newnativetheatre.org. You can see more about the directing and producing for tribal communities or, you know, any events that they put on in the future. Heck yeah. All right. Miigwech, Rihanna. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Kikawadamin. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.